Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Pocket Rocket podcast. It has been a hot minute since we've been on the podcast recording and that is my bad because I've been in prep with someone who is actually joining me today for recording. Hello Jake. Hello Hannah. So for those of you that don't know if you've been living under a rock, Jake is my coach. (laughs) He is the founder and lead coach of Amplified Nutrition and And obviously, with the topic of mastermind, the professionals being about coaches and who I believe are the best coaches in the industry in the UK, had to have my coach on here as well. And I thought it'd be the perfect end of the season after I've just gone and smashed three shows out of the park with this man behind the wheel. So are we going to go with save the best till last or am I just the last one that's left? (laughs) Best till last always. (laughs) So um, thank you for joining me, Jake. I know you're super, super busy. Um, So yeah, I appreciate you jumping on this podcast with me tonight. Um, So to start off in the same way as we have with every other top coach, we're going to do a little bit of a bio about you. So your age, your location, your duration as a coach and your record of placings. Cool. Am I allowed to lie about my age? Absolutely not. Oh, damn it. Well, so I'm 31, but hopefully anyone that does listen that does know me will be massively surprised by that. You like, don't look a day over 25. Although actually, actually this weekend, I think you actually basically said that I'm older than my age, which I did take offence to um, for the record. What I said was you look older than 31 and I look younger than 31, but we're the same age. So basically you said I look older than my age is what you're saying. Um, so location? And you also said that your mum said this as well. So we need to pick that up with your mum after for the record as well. <laughs> that was my, that was, that was pretty, apart from your success this weekend, that was probably my second takeaway from this weekend. So, um, yeah. <laughs> my bad on that one. And also that you're a good cook because you did prep all my food this weekend. So There we go. Swings and roundabouts. It's yeah. good and bad with me. Two-way relationship, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, okay, no, jokes aside. Um, so, yeah, 31. Um Obviously, my business is Amplified Nutrition, as I'm sure most of the people that follow you will know that anyway. But um, so in terms of next question, location. So located in Brighton, um, just down the road from you, so South Coast. Uh, in terms of placing, so oh, actually, how long have I been up and running? So um, I think we hit our three-year anniversary for AMP this year. Um, and you have been, well, you've pretty much been with me from the start. You're I've one been of the, with uh, you since before, before AMP. Before we even made AMP. So, I mean, so Amplified Nutrition has been running for three years, but have been coaching probably for five years. Um, first two years, kind of, should we say, dabbling uh, a little bit. Um, as you'll know from when, as you say, you're just one of the first ones. So, um probably competitively kind of season wise I'd probably say two years really I think the first year um, I just had yourself and uh, Big Nick should we say um, in the first season so I kind of wouldn't really say that was kind of a a competitive season to kind of take too much from so probably kind of two years um, this season uh, Covid season and just a little bit kind of before that so I think actually um, you made it 60 placings for me this this weekend so a a nice rounded figure which um, yeah, it's, it's a, like madness when I even sit here just talking about it. Um, like it kind of gives me the butterflies as I'm talking um, because I still kind of kind of can't really believe that it's turned into this. Like I kind of initially started coaching just because, you know, I, I kind of had a passion for it and wanted to do it and have a passion for helping people, which is mainly why I do what I do. Um, and never really expected to kind of get into the realms of competition prep. Um, you know, I kind of helped Nick originally and then, 
um obviously you came along and you, you know we never planned to complete when we first spoke did we like you no. was just kind of helping you with your diet um and then I'd kind of tested the waters a little bit didn't I about competing and I know we spoke about it this weekend yeah. and um and well from that point we've never really looked back um it's just been more and more and probably for me as well you know the more and more you've got into it the kind of the more I've started to obviously start to prep people um and you know as the years have gone on I've had more and more people um to compete with me so yeah so back to the question 60 placings um I think I actually tallied up today I think 28 for this season um wow which is it still blows my mind as I say um and actually just to kind of put that into perspective I'm not just going to sit here to try and blow my own trumpet well maybe a little bit <laughs> um <laughs> but I think out of you know that's not 60 plate that's 60 placings out of about I think probably it's no more than 70 shows mm. um, potentially even less than that which obviously shows a very good percentage for for obviously placings and what I put on stage um you know yourself from com- conversations we've had that I don't really put anyone on stage unless I really feel that they're gonna they're, they're ready for it. um and that shows in my placings so so yes yeah, so 60 60 placings I think yeah 28 for this year so far um which yeah is is madness um so that's that's the bio which I like I think is pretty good actually it's a pretty sick bio I'll give you that I always think like when you hear someone's um placings record of placings you need to consider as well like you say well how many shows have they had athletes enter versus what their conversion rate is for that because I think people can brag and say oh, I've had hundreds of placings but if you've had thousands of competitors yeah it's not so good yeah but really? uh, it's all about how the spin the salesman spin you put on things I guess yeah absolutely and you know I, I like to think that um I don't even need to kind of do that sales pitch because I like to think that my record speaks for itself and I know we spoke about yours um you know we've we've never done a show together and not placed yeah you know so and it will I think again I said this to you like what, what I'm starting to notice with you especially is we're consistent um you know and I'm not going to go into names and stuff but like a year ago we were seeing gals in bikini that were you know getting great placings uh, at the British in the through Covid and at the Ben that were kind of gals that would have been tips to get their pro cards and stuff. And, you know, we're seeing them this year kind of not necessarily do as well. But one thing that we're really seeing with you is that actually we're consistently getting places, which the way I look at that is not only kind of showing that we're making progress, but it's actually showing that kind of my view on the class and the criteria and what we're trying to aim for, you know, we're still, we're still nailing. Yeah, um, I agree. So, um. yeah we haven't made any drastic changes we've just improved upon the areas that needed a little bringing up yeah absolutely and you know again what I think's quite good and amazing I know this isn't all about you but just as an example <laughs> um you know we went from doing getting second in a PCA show last weekend to doing an international two-bro show where the criteria is completely different um and we've managed to adjust what we need to to get exactly the same outcome yeah. um so you know yeah it shows that we make a great team as well we do <laughs> <laughs> and there's no bias here it could be any category but what is your favorite category competitive category and why oh that is a tough question I guess <laughs> so my record shows that I obviously love bikini by the sound <laughs> of um, because most of most of my competitors are bikini um uh, you know I, I would have to 
not just because it's my class, but definitely my favorite class will always be bodybuilding. And I guess that's because that's my passion. Um, and I would absolutely, for any guys listening, I would absolutely love to have more bodybuilders to prep um, on my team because um, I've got a small amount and those that I have prepped have done really well, but uh, definitely bodybuilding is kind of my favorite, shall we say. Um, I'm starting to kind of, <laughs> I'm interested to see what your face does when I say this, but um, I'm starting to, um, I'm starting to favor men's physique as well, a little bit as well. Um, and just the reason for that, to be honest with you, I just like the look, um, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not a fan of uh, men's physique guys that don't train legs, <laughs> mm-hmm. as we know. Um, but there is some guys out there who do work hard and train legs, but actually they're just more fitted for men's physique. Um, yeah. And I like that look, you know, it's appealing, um, you know, and I think... It's very easy on the eye, it's attractive. Absolutely, and you're starting to see a lot of these guys now actually coming through that are more muscular. And the the physique is kind of moving, like, to bodybuilding. Like, you know, Mm. you've got these guys that are competing in men's physique that could quite easily go and do bodybuilding. You know, they've Mm. got the look for it, but actually, you know, they're choosing to do men's physique because actually, you know, they've got the look for it, they're good-looking guys you know, and they've got that smile and they've got that presence on stage. Um, and I've got, I've got, well, I have, next year I'll have four men's physique boys. Um, and again, all have all placed uh, in, in previous shows. Um, but the more and more I'm kind of starting to see these guys come through, you know, I, I'm loving it. Mm. Um, so, you know, I don't want that to sound like I'm favouring the, the men's side at all. That sounds really sexist because it's not. No, it doesn't at all. It's just what you enjoy yeah. and what you like to watch. Like when you go to a show, we all have a category that we look forward to watching. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know what? I look forward to, I like watching all of it. Um, you know, from a, I, I do like, I do like bikini. It's not, you know, it's not something I don't like, but um, I find that what's really, really difficult with bikini is you think one, one week kind of people you would expect to win them and the next week they don't win. Whereas mm. I find it very, you know, and it's all opinionated. The sport is opinionated, but I find it's very, very difficult from a bikini perspective to choose your winners and that's kind of what I find quite tough about the class um because I think you know when it comes to bodybuilding for example you look on it's not it's very rare that it will be too subjective like if you've got a clear winner you've got a clear winner Mm. whereas you know when it comes to bikini you know even if I think about this past weekend we look at all of the gals that are in the overall trying to pick a winner sometimes from that you know it's so so difficult um and I think it leaves a lot of gals good gals disappointed um and maybe think that they're not necessarily good enough but actually it's not that they're not good enough it's just that what that specific judge is looking for on that day um you know it it, it can just be so different you know one day it's like okay they're looking for this x shape with some great shoulders you know are they looking for this really tight glute tie um you know do they favor the, the more muscular gal do they not favor the more muscular gal? You know, and we're seeing those differences in some of the results that we're seeing in shows, whether it's abroad, whether it's in the UK, you, you're seeing a different pick for that criteria. Whereas when it comes to bodybuilding, you know, I, I would imagine the same guys that competed this weekend, you put them on the same stage next weekend in the same condition, you'd have the same winners. Mm. You know, sometimes I think for, for bikini, um, that's not necessarily the case. And also it's the most popular class at the moment. Like, let's face it. You, you go into shows now and there, you know, you're having some gals in some class. I think this weekend there was a class that had 40 gals in. Mm-hmm. You know, I wouldn't want to be judging that. <laughs> you know, you would have seen someone and think they're great. And then if you see someone in the last lineup, like how do you then decide who you think was better? You know, and that, that's what I think makes it quite difficult. So I think it, for me, it's not that it's that I don't enjoy it or like the class. 
Um, I just think it, it's kind of a little bit, not. I, I don't know if unfair is the right word, but I think there's some good gals that miss out on some placings that actually would deserve it any other day of the week kind of thing. I would say it's probably one of the most subjective classes. It is, it is the most subjective, without yeah. a doubt. Without a doubt. I think a lot of the other classes... Uh, men's physique probably kind of falls near to that category but a lot of the other classes you're probably going to get a clear winner um, where it's certainly a bit easier to pick the winner Um, you know whereas if you look at bikini and again you know when you think about condition is kind of a a key part you know do we want to come in a little bit softer do you want to come in peeled you know and then you know if you come in soft in bodybuilding you don't win yeah Um, so I think it's them differences between the classes that I think just makes it it makes it quite tough I agree. I think a lot of people will um, resonate with that as well, whether they are um, bikini athletes themselves and they've been in that position or they are a coach listening and they've got bikini athletes or even if they're just friends or in a relationship with a bikini girl. Like we've all seen how tough it can be when you're just not what they want on that day. Absolutely. And that that is what it is. (laughs) And, um, you know, you can have scenarios where, you know, like I say, girls can come away and be like, I wasn't good enough today mm. and then a few weeks later you know they go and get a great place in and I know why you're smiling you know <laughs> because we had the same scenario with you you yeah. know we thought two weeks ago we maybe didn't meet the criteria you know and then actually granted you know the, the gals that won were very good but yeah. you know, it's like we go in two weeks later and we've had it we, we smashed it this weekend yeah. um so you know and whereas I think if we're bodybuilding it, that, that doesn't really happen too much and I think that's probably a little bit of a frustration for me on the class yeah so one of the kind of questions that I've been asking everyone that's come on this podcast in this series is about the biggest lesson that they've learned since they've started coaching okay that's an interesting question um the big the toughest challenge the biggest lesson you've learned so it doesn't have to be the most challenging but one that you kind of come away from and you thought oh okay that I didn't expect that but I'm going to apply that I'm going to go back look at what we did think about whether that was right or wrong and next time I'm going to do it differently that's a really tough question for me to think about on the spot so I think one thing for me um that um I think from what I've noticed this year um and actually I can't say necessarily that I have applied it yet to change it but something that I know I'm definitely going to do differently as I go into the next competitive season um, that I've noticed this year. And, I, I, and I've kind of got away with it, um, you know, and I'll openly admit this as I'm going to now, I've kind of got away with it with my placings. Um, but the biggest thing for me that I've really noticed this year is I haven't left people long enough, um, which probably comes as a surprise to you because as I said, because of my placings, um, but I have probably found myself this year in positions with guys where um, guys and gals um, where I'm kind of like four or five weeks out and I'm like looking and I'm like, okay, I'm behind. Like how, how, how have I, how have I got to this point where I'm behind? I'm like thinking, okay, I left this amount of time and this was long enough. And then, you know, probably the last few weeks I've kind of had to dig deeper when I initially thought to myself, I've left you long enough. Mm. Um, And you know, I've kind of rectified it, rectified it in the sense of um, probably towards the back end of a year. And as you know, from most people from six weeks out, I tend to get everyone checking in every day now Mm. um, because of just, I want that attention to detail. Um, But I certainly think that's something that 
it's definitely going to be a lesson for me going forward in that I think I have not allowed long enough for people um, or kind of underestimated in the sense of that I think people will be a lot more responsive for a prep because we've had an off season than they've actually been. So like I might have, you know, had the two first, first two weeks of prep from an off season where I've kind of thought, okay, yeah, I'm going to drop your calories to this and we'll respond. I mean, like, okay, we haven't responded. That's yeah. a week. I mean, I'm like, okay, we'll make another drop. Okay, we haven't responded again. Um, you know, and I'm like, okay, well, I've now just lost two weeks because what I've not tried to do is I want to try and keep people's calories high so that, you know, over them, because the thing is, if you, you, as soon as you start cutting, you've got the, the next, whether that's 12, 14, 16 weeks after that, where that, that, that client is going to be in a deficit. Mm. So, you know, I always try and want to limit the initial drop from off season to allow us to kind of keep food in a fairly good position as we move through the rest of the process. And I've definitely found that this year, the guys that I've had where I've gone from off season straight into prep, that I've probably wasted the first two weeks because I've not made a big enough drop because, you know, I've watched their calories go up for off season. I'm like, your weight's not going up. Calories are going up. This is a good place to be in, you know? So I'm like, surely when we make the drop, we're going to start moving into a kind of a deficit and that's not happened. Mm. So I've kind of ended up wasting two, maybe three weeks at the start to get to the kind of that sweet spot, shall we say. And it's like, okay, so preps actually started properly now, whereas then first two weeks I've kind of wasted. Um, so that's probably something upon reflection for me as I move into next year, that I think I just need to be more conscious of kind of going forward, I think. Um, so I think on the spot, that's kind of what springs to mind. Um, on the topic of food, which I think is something that, crops up in conversation with a lot of different people is this I'm going to get my food as high as I can in off season it's essential that we do that and then people are always striving to get off plan meals and refeeds and everything else like that and I think it's um I think it sometimes can sway people's choice when it comes to a coach I'm so glad you've just said this um, because I feel in the industry now we are in a position where people are actually choosing coaches because of what they see somebody post on Instagram. Um, you know, I think you're seeing certain coaches being tagged in stuff where we are seeing, you know, weekly cheat meal uh, and, you know, it's a picture of this big pizza, you know, and this cookie dough ice cream after, um, and I think it sways people. Um, and for me, it's, it's just so wrong. Um, you know, I'm not, as you know yourself, I'm not a, a believer in kind of giving people cheat meals. Um, you know, I'm definitely very open and I believe people should be able to live their life, um, you know, in scenarios where, you know, if it's someone's birthday and they're six weeks out, absolutely, you're going to go and have a meal with your family and we're going to make that happen. Um, you know, in scenarios where it's kind of not really possible to not have an off-plan meal, you know, like I say, if it's birthdays or Mother's Days or, you know, anything like that, I believe we should have balance and I'm definitely happy to accommodate in them scenarios. But allowing people to, what I personally would call binge on a weekly occurrence, I don't support. Um, you know, I think it puts people in a position where, actually from from certainly from my experience i think through prep allowing people to have them cheat meals i think actually increases the risk of eating disorders um 
And I think actually, and I, I'll try and keep this short and sweet, but one way I always explain with cheat meals is I think if you're having them when you're not in prep, so let's just say, you know, two weeks before you start prep, you have a burger and chips. You've been in your off season, burger and chips, it's nice. You don't get massively excited about it, but you know, it's nice. Um, so when you start prep, the last thought you have of that burger was, it was nice. It was all right. It wasn't nothing special. And the way I see it is as you go through prep, the last image you have of that burger or the last thought you have of that burger is that it was just nice. If you are eight weeks into a diet and you then go and have a burger and chips, it will taste incredible. Mm. I don't know what anyone says. That burger or that pizza or whatever you choose to have will taste incredible. Then you have got another eight, 10 weeks of prep where your last thought of that burger is that it tasted incredible. And all you are going to do is continuously think mm. about that burger. Um, and I think it's a bad, I think it's bad. I think, and it also, I think it increases the risk of people going too far in that scenario. You know, if you've got your last thought of what this meal was, like, leave it there, like, leave it there. You know, if people need to have refeeds and stuff, you, you know, if it's necessary, I, I'll give refeeds when they're necessary. And this is another thing that I'm starting to see in the industry now, which is a big frustration of mine is that people put on their stories refeed day and they've got a picture of a pizza and five cookies and ice cream. That's not a refeed. Mm. That, that is a cheat meal. And it is a, is a binge meal. That is, I, I can, that, that is, let me see as much as I can eat in the space of an hour that I've been given by my coach. That's not a refeed. And I hear it as well where people say, you know, people give refeeds to, or they say they're giving a refeed to slow somebody down. A refeed's not going to slow somebody down. The purpose of a refeed is to speed up weight loss. You know, if you were given a refeed, that is because your body's not responding. And in order for your body to start responding, you need a hell of a lot of carbohydrates to ensure that starts to happen. Mm. Where leptin levels are low, and we need, in order to increase them again, we need to put in carbohydrates. So, you know, you put that in. Yeah, granted, you're going to gain weight the next day. Two days later, you're going to be well low. You know, and we've, we've, I've seen, we've seen it with you before. I do it with my clients frequently. Weight loss stools then we give the refeed. But I hear scenarios on, like, on people's stories and stuff where people are like, you know, yeah, I'm using a refeed because I'm coming in too quick. It's not a refeed. Like, that's not a refeed. It is a cheat meal. If, and if, if your coach wants to slow you down and they give you a cheat meal, I'm on board with that. That's fine. You know, I've used it with some of my clients recently. Uh, I've got a guy who's doing uh, men's physique in a couple of weeks. Um, shout out Tristan. Shout out Tristan. Um, <laughs> I hope he does listen. Um, I've literally, he's coming in so fast from his last show because he did a Mexico show not long ago. Um, and he, from three or four weeks out, he's already at the weight he was in Mexico and he's peeled. Mm. So I'm like, weekend, go and eat what you like. And I'm allowing you to do that. Yeah, granted, I know that kind of goes against what I just said about binging, but I also know he won't binge. He won't. No, no he's not that kind of guy. Um, but also, I, I need you to go and eat. Like, eat what you want because I need to slow you down. Um, whereas if I just gave him carbohydrates, which is a refeed, it'll just, it'll just come in quicker. Yeah. Like, you know, that's the purpose of it. And I think people get very, very confused between what, what these are and why they should be given. And what concerns me in the industry is when you're seeing coach says refeeds and they're eating a pizza. Yeah. Me, to me, that coach doesn't really, really know, or is not knowledgeable enough to know what the purpose of it is. And if they're calling it a refeed, they shouldn't call it a refeed because it's a cheat meal. Mm. um and it's that's definitely a big frustration of mine that i'm seeing at the moment um just allowing people to just 
binge like for for, for no reason really mm. um you know and people crave it but it doesn't mean they need to have it like you're in prep like, i think um in my opinion there's a lot of the word binge gets thrown around um a lot of the time in my opinion incorrectly um and eating disorders get thrown around but i actually think what is is everywhere is disordered eating which yeah. i do think comes from being a competitor and then disordered eating can be when someone gets something like they're, they're, they're told go have an off-plan meal and like you've said they're going right i've got an off-plan meal what can i get in like the space of an hour so they go to a restaurant they get two three starters they get a couple of mains then they're thinking right well is there a creams nearby where I can bang in some cookie dough and some ice cream? And they're not just getting the cookie dough and the ice cream. They're mm. taking maybe a Twix with them to bang on the top of it. That's and they're the getting toppings, all the yeah. sauces and the toppings. And and then they're, they're crippled for two, three days. Mm. And their digestive system's buggered. And then they end up having to put some assistance in to kind of speed things up again. Yeah, and I think, Han, you just made a great point there as well, where this is another thing that, that really blows my mind. Um, Digestion is a big topic at the moment. Um, you know, see a lot of coaches posting about it. You know, I, I'm definitely on board. You know, it's very, very important. I'm definitely one for, for kind of making sure that's a priority. But what blows my mind is you've got all of these, you know, actually not all of these coaches, but certain coaches, and I don't actually have any particular names, and obviously I wouldn't mention them anyway, but you've got, these these coaches that are consistently talking on Instagram about how important digestion is. And then you've got their clients posting a burger and cookie dough. But you don't tell me, don't tell me that you know you can't have oats in your diet because you can't digest them and then you should have cream of rice instead when you allow your client to only eat pizza and burger every weekend or or whatever they want. Like mm. it, it just it just completely contradicts like what we're saying. Like mm. A pizza and butter, unless you are having it frequently, it is going to be poor for digestion. Mm. I don't think anyone can sit here and say that, that some for people that don't eat that stuff regularly, if they go and eat a burger and chips and a cookie, their, their digestion will be good after. It, it won't. I don't care what digestive enzymes you take. I don't care what you, anything you take, it's never going to be good. Mm. Um, and that's, again, another thing that should be taken into consideration. Like, you know, when you're allowing, people are allowing people to just, like you said, it's, it's almost like, what can I fit on my plate? And also, you know, one thing I do think as well, like if you're a client, I think if your coach is going to give you time to have a cheat meal, uh, come on, you're, you're focusing on your goals, right? Your goal is to step on stage and you want to be the best you can possibly be. Mm. If your focus is on about how much you can eat in a sitting, you ain't driven enough on your goals. Mm. You're not that bothered about what you're going to do on stage. Like if you are literally going to be at a point where you're just going to eat and eat and eat, like you're really not that bothered. I mean, I've definitely been, just to play devil's advocate, I've definitely been in situations where I have eaten a, a lot of food in a very short space of time on my own at home post-show. And I've gone, oh my God, like out loud to myself, like an absolute head case. Oh my God, what are you doing? Yeah. And I'm just like, leave the house. Don't take your purse with you because you'll go to the shop and you'll buy something and just leave the house. Yeah, But... I still wouldn't call that a binge because I have a good understanding of what binge eating really is. Yes, yeah. And I think that, like I say, the term, oh, binged the other day gets thrown around. And if anyone really understood what binge eating is as a disorder, 
then they wouldn't say that they'd had a binge. You had a pizza and some cookie dough and then you banged five Mars bars. That's not a binge. That's you being gluttonous. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you know what? I'm, I'm sitting here saying, you know, about how people do this. I did it. When I first competed five years ago, um, I got prepped, got prepped by somebody that starved the life out of me. Um, and I did, I did it after. Uh, and I do think the more and more shows you do, the easier and the easier post-show, bec- not necessarily the easier post-show becomes, but the less chance there is of you binging. Don't get me wrong. Mentally, you may find it harder, but you'll be mentally stronger. Um, you know what's coming don't you yeah absolutely you can prepare mentally for the fact that you are going to be very very hungry and there is nothing you can do about it absolutely and and actually do you know what I think the I do think um the more sorry just micro pinging off (laughs) I I do think that the the more the more you do it the more like I say regimented and consistent you get but actually probably the harder it gets as well. Like, you know, I remember my, my reverse post-show this year. Like, don't get me wrong, I did nail it. I'm not going to, um, but it wasn't easy. Mm. Like, there was days where I'm like, I've got no goal here. My goal is just to reverse diet. And I'm looking at this food and I'm like, oh, Josh, I really want to eat it. But I didn't. Um, yeah. and on, reflect, on reflection now, I'm so glad I didn't. Yeah. Um, because it's put me in a fantastic place. And I know I've done a lot of posts about reverse dieting and post-show recently. Mm. Um, but like I'm so glad I didn't. Um, because actually the mental battle of trying to get your when you're into an off-season where you're already a little bit out of shape, there is nothing worse than starting an off-season when you're out of shape already, because it's just a recipe for disaster. Um, so it definitely is hard. I definitely I don't think it ever gets any easier. So what, what kind of what I said earlier was probably wrong. I don't think it gets any easier, but I think as individuals we know the effect that it has the more and more we do it. So the more we don't do it, um, I think is my view. And I think you would, you would agree with that. Based on your uh, yeah, 100%. Um, something I always say to new competitors is remember how terrible you felt the first time you did it. Yeah. Not just like how a lot of people feel guilt for doing it. I don't think they should because it is a chemical imbalance. You are dri- Your body is driving you to eat. Yeah. And it's about how you can physically control that urge. Um, but I always say to people just how crap you felt, how sick you felt, how yeah. painful it was. And try and remember that the next time you think I'm going to bang all this food, just remember how much discomfort you were in and things like how much your joints hurt from holding water and absolutely and headaches I, and everything. And I guarantee you ask anyone post-show that none of them enjoyed it. I tell you what it is you come off stage at five o'clock you enjoy it till seven o'clock and by 10 o'clock you feel absolutely garbage and wish you never done it and I I can guarantee there is not one person that can challenge me on that there is no way somebody can tell me that after post-show they have eaten a hell of a lot more food than they should have like and not necessarily binging but overeating like we say and gone to bed happy and satisfied no way it's uncomfortable it's horrible there is nothing enjoyable about it the first two bites like after stage you know that cookie that we all have after stage and that first meal we have after stage we all enjoy after that it's just it's just downhill from there yeah it's a mess you doubt it you know like you say you your face is swollen your ankles are swollen you know you can't eat i remember the first first year i did it i remember I, i was trying to walk across london bridge the next day going to work i couldn't even walk 
my shins and my ankles were so swollen. Mm. Um, it's, it's not enjoyable. And, you, you know, I'm, it's kind of, if any competitors are listening to this, like first time competitors, like genuinely try and take something away from this conversation yeah. um, because you won't enjoy it as much as you feel you think you want it. Trust me, after you, you just won't want it because the after effects that come with it are horrendous. And, you know, you, you, you work it up in your head as well. You, you create this idea that this certain food that you want to eat is going to taste a certain way and it, it won't taste it as good does. as you it never, <laughs> it never ever does. does i remember when we went um 2019 when we both competed at kent and i remember we came back down to brighton and we went to seven bone yeah. and we were both both banging on about this marmite burger yeah at time. <laughs> literally it came out i think we both had two, two mouths yeah. like, this is disgusting yeah and do you know what i do it every year i always crave a burger Every time I compete, I crave a burger. And the not this time or the time before, but the two times before that, I've had it and I've not enjoyed it. And even this time around for prep, I craved a burger. And do you know what, Hannah, don't even think I've had a takeaway burger still since the yeah. show because I crave it. But then I'm like, I get to it and I just, I know I'm not going to enjoy it. So I just don't have it. Yeah. Because um, it just isn't, it's you, our cravings go wild. You know, we crave some of the craziest things. You know, Aston this year craved some pineapple on his chicken and rice. Yeah you know we crave the weirdest things that actually quite a lot of the time we just don't even want it's flavor for me that I always crave so this year I actually didn't have one single craving which is mad my Mm. food focus has been super super low but I always crave really flavorful foods so peanut butter avocado peppers like Mexican food it's all about that stuff that you put it in your mouth and you're filled with all these different spices yeah. and flavors and textures. And that's what I crave. Yeah. And I think a lot of people will go, Oh, some chips, but actually you, you have one chip and you go, that was nice. And yeah. then you've had the flavor and it's done. Um, yeah, absolutely. Couldn't agree more. So true. So on, on the topic of food, um, what's the funniest excuse you've ever had for someone deviating from their diet? Oh God. It's got to have been a few for you. I've had a lot of excuses in my time. I feel like I'm going to have to try and think of someone, but then I'm going to call them out and they're probably going to hate me for it. (laughs) Um, Do you know what? I can't think of one particular. I do have some very unusual ones. Like, you know, still weekly now, um, you know, I get people that, you know, say, you know, oh, yeah, I had an off-plan meal on Saturday because, you know, I ran out of food. There was no food in the house. (laughs) I'm like, okay, so... (laughs) go to the shop. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I, I get that. I get, I definitely had that one a few times, which is, uh, it, it blows my mind. Mm-hmm. Like I really, really struggle actually with this um, to give sympathy to people mm-hmm. because I'm like, you know, okay. I, granted, I'll admit, you know, everyone's seen the cinnamon swirl on your Instagram. So I can't really, can't really get away from that after this. That meeting. was, I, I mean, I did force that on you. I think I asked you six, seven times before you ate it. Yeah. And you know, that yet. I definitely wasn't perfect with my diet this weekend. Um, but, you know, I was pretty, I was still pretty consistent with it. You know, I've come back yesterday and I weighed myself today and my weight's exactly the same as before I left. Um, and I still look how I look, um, you know, but if, if I can go away for a weekend and still consistently stick to my diet, you, you know, there's no reason why somebody in their local hometown can't stick to it. Um, so, you know, I definitely that's definitely a common one for me um the, the do you know the best the best one i love 
um, is when pe- <laughs> when people message me and they're like, I'm really stressing about this weekend. I'm like, okay, like, why are you stressing? They're like, well, because I've got a meal out on Saturday and I'm just, I'm really, really stressing about it. I'm like, okay, well, don't stress. Like, you know, let's have a look at your, your diet for the day. And then I'm like, like, I just, you know, I really don't want to deviate from the plan. Like, I really want to stay on track with it. You know, they're, you know, they're consistent, really talking about being how consistent they want to be. And then I'm like, okay, well, look, let's for your day, like we know if you go out somewhere, you're going to have to have a lot of fats and whatever you eat. So let's just take your fats out for the day, combine a couple of meals, you know, and we should be safe, you know, choose something sensible on the menu. They're like, yeah, yeah, cool, right, perfect. That makes me feel a lot better. And it gets to the check-in. I'm like, okay, what did you have on Saturday? They're like, yep, yeah, I had this for start. I had garlic bread, I had calamari, I had this for start. And I had a burger, I had chips and a dessert. And it's like, what? Like you literally have been telling me like, and that, that it annoys me because I'm like, you, you know, you've wasted my time. Like I've basically tried to help you damage control. Yeah. And you say, you say you're not going to do it. And then like, you know, all of a sudden then like, you've literally eaten everything you put up with sister Ellie, as much as you could get on your plate when you said you didn't want to deviate from it and you're stressing about it. And it's like, what? <laughs> like that, that's one that just, it blows my mind. And like, or uh, had a scenario recently actually where somebody's booked to do a, a photo shoot and they're like yeah like consistently I'm on it like I'm on it I'm like cool and then I get a text a week after like, oh yeah mate, I had eight beers eight pints of beer on the weekend <laughs> I'm like what, what, what like what, I just don't get it like, when it got to five did you not think maybe yeah. I should stop like did, or, you know when we've had a conversation about it before and we've said stick to spirits like did that just go over your head <laughs> You know, and like I said to you at the start, I'm all about people having some balance, but like, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to accept you moaning about something that you have put yourself into. And I think actually that I'm kind of getting a bit of deja vu because I think we've had a similar conversation like about this before, but it's like, you just don't like, I've got no sympathy for you. Like if you're, you're going to, like, if you're unhappy, the fact that you've now gained a kilo, I've got no sympathy for you because you have purposely gone out your way that you didn't, uh, granted, you can still go and enjoy yourself and choose a main. You can still do that. You don't have to have a starter. You don't have to have a massive mate. You don't, definitely don't have to have dessert, mm. you know? And it's just like, that's probably like, I would say in terms of the question, like, you know, I wouldn't, I can't think of a specific excuse, but definitely those kind of examples for me are the ones that I'm just like, what? Like, I don't know what happened. I just ate loads of food. It was an accident. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and it's just like, yeah, I, I just, I, I really struggle to sympathize sometimes um in them kind of scenarios Mm. so thinking about all your experiences as a coach then going back in time if you could what advice would you give your younger self when you started coaching oh Hannah really put me on the spot with you (laughs) um I like I mean (laughs) I like to think that I've kind of made some very good choices as I've kind of gone through. Um, And I get, I do get a lot of, you know, I'm more than happy to help other coaches all the time. Uh, And I get a lot of people kind of asking me for help and stuff now. Um, And I think what, I think what I did, um, I probably wouldn't do now or kind of how I worked, I wouldn't do now. And I think I kind of got, I wouldn't say I necessarily got lucky, but I think I kind of started coaching at the right time. Um, I think it's a very, very saturated market now um, Mm. that I think is very, very difficult. Um, So uh, what do I think I would have done differently? What Um, advice would you give your younger self? mm. Or even an, excuse me, sorry, even a new coach coming into the industry, what advice would you give them? 
So I think like there's too many, there's too many people in the, in the industry now um, that are not knowledgeable enough to, to be coaching people, I think is my first star. Um, because, you know, I'm hearing some absolute horror stories about coaches um, giving advice um, or helping people with diets because, you know, I've seen examples where people think because they've done a show, they can now online coach people. Um, so, you know, I think actually, I probably, if I was to start again, or if I was to give advice for other coaches, I would definitely make sure that I'm actually knowledgeable on what I'm doing and confident in the advice that I'm giving. Um, I think, you know, there is a lot, there is definitely, I think one of the biggest things that or problems that I see right now is women's health. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's massive. It's, you know, I'm hearing too many horror stories that I'm literally taking on gals left, right and centre right now that have not had periods for weeks, months, some even years. Um, you know, if you are not clued up enough to understand how the woman's body works, do not coach gals or do not give advice on it. Um, so, you know, definitely, I think I, I probably wish I probably wish I had have learnt more on it. Um, but I think probably. I never expected myself to fall into coaching the way I have. Like I would actually say I probably, I do coach more gals than I coach boys. Yeah. I never expected that. I genuinely never, ever expected that to be the case. So, you know, I think if there's other people that are listening out there, I definitely, you know, don't think that you're necessarily going to follow a particular market because you, you just won't or what you yeah. think you're going to do, unless you're set on what you want to do. Like I didn't say I want to coach men. I was, I just want to help people. That was my yeah. passion. That was my view. So definitely making sure that you are knowledgeable and understand that the implications of what you're doing, that what implications you're doing, what it could have on people, because, you know, I don't mean to be too deep, but it can ruin people's lives. Um, you know, it, it, you can't, you need to be so careful with what you're doing, um, you know, and unfortunately, I think there's a lot of coaches out there right now that actually look at people as a number rather than as a person. Um, and it's sad to see, like, it's really sad to see because, you know, you, you need to care and look after these people. Um, so I think upon reflection, I would definitely want to be learning more about the woman's body. Um, I think it's something I would definitely put a lot more focus into. Um I'm just trying to think if there's anything else that I would add to that. Um, I'd probably get better at social media. <laughs> Talking in front of the camera. Um, something I've never really kind of ever again thought that I'd probably be doing, um, but just being more confident in that that aspect, certainly. Um, I like getting the outtakes, personally. <laughs> yeah, there's some funny ones. <laughs> we won't share those, though, because no. me, me being very rude at the camera. <laughs> Um, not that the camera's actually done anything wrong in that scenario. Um, but um, yeah, definitely heavily use of the C word there. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, um, I think, you, you know, you, you need to be confident. You need to get yourself out there. Um, yeah. But I think that's something that I definitely can still be better at. Um, I think because of kind of how busy I am, I'm probably a bit slack on it. Um, but you, as a coach, like I, you know, people didn't really, it was kind of like people knew me, but didn't know AMP or people that followed AMP didn't know me. Yeah. Um, and I think even now, you know, if we use you, for example, a lot of people on your Instagram will know who I am. Yeah. But they won't know that I'm linked to AMP. Um, so when I get asked who my coach is, I say Jake Watts and they go, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I get Amplified Nutrition and they're like, what? Yeah. And I'm like, 
amplified jake started amplified yeah oh okay yeah yeah and i think that's because i don't get myself out there enough um so i think you know definitely something i'd look back on is kind of build yourself as a brand um you know what i've done is and i don't think it's done me anything wrong but i've built myself Mm. um you know and when people know that that's my brand it's like okay yeah you know amplified jake um you know and that's how people you know kind of look at that but for me i probably haven't got myself out there enough um to kind of be known um so i think probably you're just starting to build i would have definitely kind of if i started again just built that kind of personal brand from the start um yeah and we've talked about lots of things about how the categories you like but mm. also potentially the athletes that you attract or not just athletes but general people that are looking to improve their life and health who mm. you attract but if you could coach anyone alive or dead who would it be and why that's such an interesting question anyone um, it doesn't any- even have to be a a fitness person it could be like a movie star for a role it could be anything but like why them such a random question have you asked the other coaches this yes (laughs) what do some of them say i'm just in oh i see you don't even listen to my podcast uh oh dear it's all just happened live (laughs) um yeah what did some of the others say i'm really intrigued anyway well i have to just have a think some people have um said about uh bodybuilders that have passed away yeah um that they would have loved to have worked with or they think that they could potentially have improved their physique or given them that placing or taken them to the o um other people have said that they see they scroll down instagram and they think well that person if i could get my hands on them i could do something with them they haven't named um and then other people have just said like i have no preference over who i work with as long as the person i work with we work well together yeah. Okay. Um, so do you know what I think, uh, as we've just kind of spoke about a thought about what I think I, I would actually, and to be honest with you, it wouldn't have to be any one of them in particular, actually. Um, I would choose somebody who's won an Olympia. And the reason for that is what I would like to be able to do is see if I could prep them just as well as they've done. So, you know, say, for example, you know, like, let's just say Rami won the Olympia this year. I would love the opportunity to be able to prep him next year. Because what I would like to be able to do is be like, okay, let's put this to the test. Can I make you better than last year? Because what I always say, um, and I still stand by this, like there is definitely more knowledgeable coaches out there in the industry. Absolutely. And I will always say that there is people that are way, way, way more knowledgeable than me but it doesn't necessarily mean they are better than me. Um, And I've always said with some knowledge, to me, experience beats knowledge. And people may disagree with that. I think experience always beats knowledge because I think you can be the most knowledgeable guy in the world if you've never put it into practice, you know. The other thing is some things work in theory on paper and then actually when it comes to it, like we've seen... I mean, dropping food, people's weight going up. Um, then we've had in the past where we've stopped a dieting phase because it's not working and I've had a cookie dealer cookie and lost weight. Yeah. It, it makes, absolutely. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you could get 
you know, you, you could take, I don't know, um, you could take the builder and designer of the McLaren, uh, the Mercedes race car. Mm-hmm. He knows that car inside out. He knows every detail. He knows how it should be driven, how fast it can go, how, what the best way is to change gears, blah, 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 blah. Could he drive it better than Lewis Hamilton? No. And the reason for that is because Lewis Hamilton's got experience. Yes. He, hasn't got, he hasn't got the knowledge of how he's built that car. The other guy's got the knowledge, but he's got some knowledge with the experience of driving it. Um, and that's kind of how I think the co- coaching is. Not necessarily, but in a lot of cases. I think if you've got some knowledge, experience, in my opinion, will beat that. Um, and I think, I, I think, do I think I could prep someone for an Olympia? Absolutely. Um, you know, it, getting someone peeled is getting someone peeled yeah don't get me wrong everyone like you just said everyone's different but what i think one of my biggest biggest frustrations in the industry and it's you could say it kind of is my fault but kind of not is people go like you've got coaches out there that are banging out placings like no tomorrow so people assume they're the best so people go to them for that reason when actually there's plenty of other coaches out there that could do the same job if not a better job but the reasons that they don't necessarily get the clients is because they're not given the opportunity, um, you know. And I think that's it's a it's a it's, it's a frustration in mine. And I'm probably in a good position, you know. I like to think that. I mean, I'm on your podcast, so surely that makes me one of the top coaches, right? Yeah. Um, but no, jokes aside, you know, there is guys out there now that will be online coaching that probably put two or three people on stage a year that probably could do just as good, if not better job than, than me and all the other best coaches that are around. But it's just because maybe their social media isn't the best or they don't get themselves out there enough or they're just not given the opportunity, um, you know. And, I, and that's that's kind of the thing that I find a little bit frustrating. And it's not unfair because that's just the way the world is, right? Mm. But, you know, there was a, someone recently who um, I had a consultation with um, and I kind of followed up a couple of days after and just said, you know, what's your thoughts? Um and she said, um, I want to speak to um, Muscle Mentor, speak to Callum and speak to Rob. Um, you know, absolutely fine. Um, you know, and do I think Cal and Rob are more knowledgeable than me? Absolutely. With, without a doubt. Do I think that they can get people in better shape than me? That's questionable. Yeah. You know, could I get some, could I get someone, one of Rob's clients in the same shape that he does? I don't see why not. You know, maybe I might do it better. Maybe I might do it worse. Maybe I might do it the same. But in them scenarios, it's then like, okay, so now I'm in a position where it's me against Rob and me against Cal. That, you know, my results are fantastic. Their results are better. Um, but they've got more clients. They've been doing it longer. You know, that, you know, Cal, for example, coaches a lot of guys who, you know, have got a massive following, you know. Mm-hmm. So he gets himself out there. You know, it's great. And Cal's got loads of followers and, and stuff. You know, it's amazing. Um, and they're both fantastic coaches. Um, you know, I was chatting to Rob loads at the weekend. But that's the kind of thing that I think is quite difficult in the industry is when you've got guy, them two guys, for example, smashing out places left, right and centre, all of the other guys, you know, people even will probably think the same about me, you know, Jake gets all of his clients, you know, doesn't necessarily mean that I'm better. Um, mm. So I think just kind of coming back to the question, I would actually put it as like a test for me because it's like, okay, uh, how good am I? You know, yeah. could I, can I bring in a 300 pound guy in off season pilled, you know, People always say, you know, a lot of the time you hear people say, mm, he was a little bit off today. He was a little bit off today. So could I, could I actually bring it in? So I'll use it as I think as a test for me. So it, it doesn't, specifics doesn't really matter. An Olympia winner, um, someone that's, you know, brings, brings the money, um, I think would be, my, would be my choice actually in that scenario, just to test myself really. 
interesting way to look at it. Mm. And a couple of questions I ask everyone that comes to the podcast. <clears throat> I understand that I've had nearly an hour of your time. You're a very busy man. That's so. good. I'm enjoying it. <laughs> Looking like back, I haven't seen you for a while, have I? <laughs> really sick of the sight of me. <clears throat> no comment. <laughs> <laughs> Looking back over your entire life to date, is there anything that you'd go back and do differently if you could? Cool. Han, you're frightening these at me tonight. This is why um, my podcast is so successful, Jacob. Yeah, I mean, definitely put me on the spot. Um, without going too deep on this, um, I probably look back and do I ever think I would be in the position I'm in now? I don't, is the honest answer. Um, so what I probably find a little bit difficult about that question is that um, I, I still amaze myself every day in the position that I'm in. Um, you know, and grateful for the fact that I'm here. Uh, and I know, you know, as you know, I work hard to be here. Um, but never did I ever imagine that my life would be like this or I would be in this position. So for me to probably like try and sit and think, would I do anything differently? Um, I find this quite tough because I feel like I've not, we all make mistakes, but I don't feel like I've made any mistakes that have jeopardized my future. Um, I definitely wish I'd have got into coaching and bodybuilding a bit earlier. Um, it's definitely kind of the thing for me um, because what I've established over the years is I love coaching. Um, and don't get me wrong, it has its frustrations like every job, but yeah. um, I have a real, real passion for helping people. Um, and got to try and not well up here, but you've seen it. You saw yeah. me this weekend, you know, as soon as you come off stage, like, I was basically crying and I had to get, I had to get away from you because it, I started crying, you know, and I was actually speaking to, hopefully she'll listen. I spoke to Becky today and she was like, I can read, she said, like, I can really see how much you care. Um, and I do, you know, you saw it with Aston, for example, um, you know, I literally ran up to him and hugged him. Like, and I lo- I literally love it. There's nothing better than seeing people do well. Um, and that is what my driver is. Like my driver isn't to earn more money. My dri- that my drivers are not based on that. And like actually, again, I remember two years ago, I set these goals. I'm not going to talk about the numbers, but I set these goals of I wanted to have this many clients and I wanted to earn this amount of money. And <clears throat> when you set a goal, when you reach that goal, it should feel amazing. You should feel something when you hit goals because they're, they're there for a reason. And you should feel some kind of you know, passion, success, you should feel something from that goal. And those two goals, when I got to them and hit them, it gave me nothing. Mm. It literally gave me nothing. And I was like, okay, what's wrong here? And then kind of taking some time to kind of reflect on them goals, them, them numbers meant nothing. That's, that's not my goal. My goal is actually, I want to help as many people as I can. Ultimately, without being to change their life. You know, you know, not just from a competitor's perspective, but lifestyle, you know, I've got one guy today, he's lost eight stone. Mm. That is life changing. And the success, you know, the, 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 the gratitude that I get from people, it literally just fills me with joy um, to get them messages. You know, when you put posts up, you know, when all of my guys after show puts posts up to say thank you, like, that is why I do what I do. The money that comes with it is a bonus. It's a bonus that it allows me to eat, do what I want, you know, in life. But my passion is why I do what I do. So 
I think coming back to your earlier question is I would definitely have started coaching earlier. Um, you know, we've spoken about maybe how I might have done things differently, but I definitely would reflect back on my life and wish I'd started earlier because the sense, the sense of gratitude and passion that I get from it is what I love. Um, and I think you, you should always, you should always do what you love. And if you are in a, in a job or in something that you don't get any passion out of or any enjoyment out of, to me, it's the wrong thing. Um, and that's the best I think my reflection is that I think I would definitely have started doing something that I love earlier because I think it would have just made made my life even better I think and last but not least you are Jake Watts Amplified Nutrition co-founder head coach you are well you have a day job as well as doing this and you are one of my best friends, but how do you want to be remembered? Oh, God. Um, do you know what? How do I want to be remembered? Um, one thing that I say to a lot of people um, is that I pride myself on the relationship I have with my clients and my team. Um, people, you know, it kind of links back to what we just said people and they're not numbers to me I care about every single one of them people that I coach you are there because I want to help you um and I just want to I would like to be remembered as the person that just cares about people is there to help people like the way I see it is everyone deserves to be successful in life everyone deserves to be happy in life everyone deserves to achieve what they want to achieve. And I said this earlier as well, like, you know, I get people that are starting out coaching and they're like, you know, they ask me for advice. I will help you. There is enough, uh, there is enough out there for everyone. Like I will give you advice. I'll tell you what I did. I'll tell you what, I th- you know, I think I would do differently or whatever um, because there's enough for everyone. So I think for me, I would just want to be, I just want to be remembered as somebody who just cares about everyone and is there to help people. I think for me. I think if um, anyone was to speak to any of your clients that would be the takeaway is that you actually do care and I know that I'm biased um but at the same time I genuinely think you could pick a name out of a hat and they would all say the same thing like you actually give a shit about people yeah I I would I would like to think so um you know it's what I pride myself on you know I like to build a relationship with people like you know if, if you're part of my team yeah okay you do pay me money but you're part of my team like you know, I think people, you know, people are like, oh, you went to Denmark this weekend. Absolutely. Like, you know, I'll go wherever I have to go. Um, and that's not because I feel I need to. That's because you're part of my team. If you're in my circle, you're in my circle. Um, and that is just something that I always say I pride myself on is that every single one of my clients, I will do my best to build a personal relationship with you. Like when I'm saying to you, how's your weekend? I want to know how your weekend was. Did you have a good weekend? Like, it's not about, you know, I don't want you to fill in a check-in sheet that says, how was this? How Like, I want to have a conversation with you because I want to build a relationship with you. Yeah. And that's that's kind of what I, I like to say I pride myself on. It's very rare that I lose clients. I don't really know of any client I've ever lost because they was unhappy with the service that I provided. Mm. And if I ever get anyone that does leave, I always ask them why. And if there's any, I always ask for feedback and if there's anything I could have done differently. Um, and again, I think that is reflected in my clientele, my retention. You know, I've got guys and gals like yourself that have been with me for 
years, two years, three years. You, that's, you don't hear that. That's mm. not the common thing. You know, I hear people coach hopping all the time. Pretty much, if you come to me, you will stay with me. Yeah. And the reason for this is because I will give you the best I can. Um, and if it, if it doesn't work, then, you know, again, I will always ask why it hasn't worked. Lovely. Right. <laughs> Very lovely. <laughs> um, I am conscious of time and no, I am so appreciative for you making the time to join me on this today. Um, Just join you or what about the four days in Denmark? For the, for the four years, <laughs> I appreciate everything you do for me. You know that. Absolutely. Um, yeah, so if anyone doesn't know where to find you, where can they hit you up? So uh, my, I'm going to give the business Instagram. Uh, so my business Instagram is at underscore amplified, uh, amplified underscore nutrition. Um, but uh, my personal Instagram is Jake Watts underscore amp, uh, which I do still use for my fitness stuff as well. But, um, but yeah, that's where you can find me and probably all over Hannah's Instagram as well, actually. <laughs> and if someone wanted to talk to you about coming on board with Amplified, how would they do that? Drop me a DM um, and uh, we'll have a chat. I like to, I'll always have a chat with people over the phone, um, just get to know people, get to understand what's going on um, and then get cracking. Well, thank you very much. And uh, thank you for being the best and the last of oh, you're right. Mind the Professionals. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> thank you. Bye-bye. Bye.